you're clapping. I'm talking about you. We're not you fools! You're Puerto Rican? Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. I would really appreciate it if we would use the term biblical. Mucha crema, tus tacos, y se te quema el arroz. Hell yeah, mojón. Rather than just using the word before, uh, before. What's up, everybody? This is for Crisis Cultura. I'm here with my co-hosts. This is Lauren Padilla. And this is Josue Garcia from Philadelphia. I live on a nice block with houses and there are no rats. I will repeat, no rats on my street. And by rats, I mean <laughs> metaphorically and physically. There are no rats <laughs> on my street. No snitching allowed around here. Thank you. Oh. Man. <laughs> wow. That, speechless. How can, how can we even beat that? I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say after that. Amen. <laughs> it's true. Amen. No. It's true. Yes. That was perfect. Yes amen and amen. That. Well, we're back with another episode. Thank you guys for um, checking us out once again. If you guys subscribe, if you haven't already, subscribe right now. If not, um, so yeah, this yeah. is our second episode. Um. So what's up, guys? How you guys been Man. since our first uh, episode? I've I've listened to it Good. twice. Um, so if we had any any, any I've listened to it twice, and um, yeah, I'm I'm a weirdo, so I definitely kept like putting it loud at my job and kind of like making people listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then one of the doctors is like, they're like, they come up to you, like, they'll come up to you, like, Sway, Sway, me, 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 me presas un lapis. And you're like, turning up the volume. Wait, what? What? Wait, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. This podcast is going really, really loud. Exactly what I've been doing. Like that? Yep. So, but aside from that, my week's been dope, man. My, um, my, so I, I live on, I don't, I do live on a block where I would hope there's no rats, but, um, both metaphorically and uh, physically, <laughs> figuratively. So, so I have I, I have very very cool neighbors, um, and some of my neighbors do you know they they you know they they, they have their, their their business right, and um, but the police mm-hmm. they came through on bicycles right. Now you have a bunch of of people who are are who are of the who are of the um the street business persuasion, and and, and there is a group of like 20 of them and like six bike cops <laughs> in shorts <laughs> come rolling up from each direction and they want to have a, a conversation with these with, with these brothers, right? And the one brother is like, uh-huh. he goes off. He starts to spaz on these officers. And officers start to try to give them a, a, a pep talk about making better decisions about life. And my man goes, why are you here bothering us? You should be down the street. Somebody's about to get shot down the street, and you're here hassling me about what I'm doing. And then the, the one homie turns on um, NWA, and he turns on Straight out of Compton, right? And and as the music, you know, it's been like four minutes of this music, and he's and it's up loud. Yeah. And the cops are still there talking. Yeah. And then he goes, you know what comes up after this, right? You know what song comes on after this, right? And <laughs> And I'm like, no, he's not. He did. He put, yeah. yes, he did. He put on the song. Yep. 
F the police. Did he put <laughs> police? Yes, yes. And <laughs> two minutes in, into the song, the police dispersed. It's like it's like raid, <laughs> like police That's raid. That's crazy. It's like it's like it's, it's police raid. It's like police raid. It's what you put on the uh, on the cockroaches when you want them to go away. You just. <laughs> and I heard Tupac did that one. Honestly, and I heard was, Tupac did that one. It was an epic scene. It was an epic scene. But that's you know that's part of my week. That was a highlight. <laughs> that's funny. Dope. What about you, Lauren? How was your week? Uh, what has God done into you in your life this week? Well. Um, nothing as cool as seeing a bunch of, um, cops on bikes and giving pep talks and all of that jazz. But, um, so this week has been pretty good. Just working, just working a lot. But I think one thing that God did this week to show me his faithfulness was, um, this Saturday I actually had, uh, well, this past Saturday, I just had a baby shower that I went and who's been single for a very, very long time, her and I started getting on to the subject about singleness and talking about God's faithfulness and how he hears our desires. And one thing that um, I took away from the um, conversation was my friend goes, you know, I may be wrong and I may be not. She goes, but this is one thing that I've learned about God over the past few years, fulfilling other desires besides marriage and doing things is that God does not give desires to in our hearts to dead in dreams. And I really love that. And I was just like, wow. man, you know what? Like that is so true because if God himself can provide for me and can do all these things, he knows exactly what I want and what I desire. So why should I worry? And yep. that was a really cool thing to, for yep, God. Yep. To show me, yeah. For to God showing me his faithfulness is that he does hear me and he does listen to me. And <clears throat> my friend, Carmen, if she ever listens yeah. to this, what's up, Carmen? Um, shout out to Carmen. Yes. You know her, oh, yeah, out, Carmen. her nickname is Bubbles. That's a, uh, <laughs> that is a inside joke, but um, what's up, Bubbles? Um, that's her Chola cousin. <laughs> and your, your nickname is uh, Giggles. Giggles and uh, Bubbles. According to yeah. the last episode. <laughs> Yes. See, but yeah, she, um, she really encouraged me this week. So, um, that was a really cool thing to see God's faithfulness work through other people. So, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. 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 A lot of cool things happening out here in for Christy Cultura headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you guys, if you guys noticed, uh, when Sway was saying his thing about the cops, we had a different voice that you might've not uh recognized after one episode but i am here with my homeboy he came to church with me today for the first time and he just came to kick it with me so i want to introduce everybody to my homeboy grinch say what's up grinch what's up guys <laughs> yeah so this is my homeboy from from my neighborhood and he's um he's just you know hanging out with me i took him to church so he's tuning in and he's sitting in and listening to all the things we have to talk about today. You probably like you're mad foolish. You're just a bunch of fools. <laughs> <laughs> a wild pack of Christians. Yeah. So uh, let's get into this uh, first segment, first song of the week. Swear, you want to lead this since it's your song. It's your turn to. So, so the song of the the, the song of the week that um that I that I chose was a song. It's it's a it's a newer song. 
Um, but Tadashi's uh, called God Flex. Now, Tadashi's a dude off of um the he's part of One Crew from the beginning. Um, and the reason that I chose this song, it's it's not a deep song, which I I really really like. That is not yeah, like yeah. deeply, but it's, it's vibey though. Yeah, vibey. Yeah, yeah. It it is it, it, it's, it's it's a little something, but it but most of all, it's easy to ride to. Like I can put it in my car, and if I got a system in it, it's gonna bump. That thing slap, you know. And um and my favorite my favorite line right is um is where it, where it says um it says reapers rippers slipper dead. I can't do nothing but last strong arm. Yes, sir. Life prolonged. Yes, sir. We don't hold our chests up. He's so swole. We rest up. Like, just, just talking about how God is so big. Yeah, that was, that yeah, that was, that was dope. Mean, like, that was God dope. So big, and we can rest on him. Like, like we like we don't got to put our chests up. We don't got to hold our chests up. We don't got to be tough. Like, the Lord got us. The, the, the Lord's the one that, that, that gives us rest. Um, and it just, it, it, it's true. It is true. Like we all, like he, he gives us rest. He gives us strength and he makes sure that we make it home. Yeah. That's good. So we're going to play that song right now for y'all. Uh, this is God flex by Tadashi. See you on the other side. Flex by Tadashi, dope, dope song. Like Sway said, I think it's easy to vibe to, and you know that's something you put in in your car and you just bump, and it's dope. So yes, yeah, we like that song. 
So again, if you like that song, please go follow the homie and buy his music, stream his music. He's on all the platforms. His name is Tadashi, if you don't know. And the song is called Godflex. All right, guys. So I'm curious in how the response has been to the first episode of the podcast from you guys' friends and family. So who wants to go first? Yeah, so I let, uh, uh, like I mentioned um, earlier, I let some of my coworkers um, listen to it. <laughs> I let some of them listen to it. And um, they, I, the, the, the one response that I got from someone who didn't feel like they were being forced to listen to it um, was that it's, it's something different that they haven't heard before. They, they don't listen to podcasts, um, to religious, I guess type podcast yeah yeah um but 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 what she did here was like our our end game john and um she was excited that um we were able to talk about that without being too churchy so that's awesome dope i think that's some good feedback cool cool we're relatable with the word so okay yeah i had a couple of dms saying that people were listening to the podcast and they really liked it and they liked how clean and smooth it sound. And one person that I didn't even ever expect to listen to this, subscribe to our channel too. And, um, like listen to the whole first episode was my auntie Irene. Um, that is one oh, wow. person. Shout out. Which, Thea. Shout out Thea. Yes. Shout out the, Yes, she, okay, in my, in my opinion, she is one of the hardest people to impress, but let me tell you why. This woman is awesome. She has worked in the juvenile center as a correctional officer for 17, 18 years now. She is four foot 10, barely five foot, and she will throw you down like nobody's business. I'm talking like she threw down a little girl who was probably a little bit bigger than I was before down and just like she's rough she's tough she's yes she's a little firecracker (laughs) yeah she's a little rocket but one that is one person that's like man like I impressed her that's that's something so um she texted me right after and she really loved the podcast and she subscribed after that and I hope she listens to the other wow. one so shout out to you I'm Tarine. um glad you're listening cool. and up? now yeah. we just yeah now we just got to get the other people my other family members listening and yeah and we're getting people sharing and other people in my small group are really excited about this and they got the link saved that um i sent them and uh all of that so i'm just i'm excited to see where this is gonna head because i i mean this is awesome you know so cool what about you shout out the I also got really good responses from it. There's people from my church that listened to it, and they were excited about it. Um, if you guys didn't know, the majority of my church is white. So I had a, a lot of them, and they're excited for what I'm doing. And um, awesome. they honestly like the fact that we're doing this um, specifically towards Latinos because, you know... Um, I don't know. They're really excited about that. Everybody that I talked to were like, that's dope that you're doing this. And I also got some DMs and people shouting me out and just congratulating me and being excited about the podcast. So I've, it's been nothing but good feedback. Um, so I'm excited I'm too. I'm excited. Yeah, this is, this is really good. I was, 
to be honest with you, I was so nervous to tell you the truth because I was like, man, what are people going to think? Like, are we going to are they going to think like we're dumb for doing this? But, you know, praise God, praise God that yeah. it's um, reaching a broader audience. So that's I think that's what we wanted. And um, God's showing his faithfulness yeah. in that. So. And the, and the thing about it, too, is that people, when I when I first started telling people that I was going to do the podcast, they were thinking I was going to do like a deep theological long podcast talking about you know doctrine and stuff and when they heard it they're like whoa like no, this is this so is actually like fun that. to listen to you know what I mean? yeah 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 so so i think i think that's good too i wanted to make it fun yes um, and we also talk about theology and stuff but yeah um anyways so let's get into our this next segment yes let's all right so um if y'all couldn't tell by the title um this segment we're going to be talking about when you're latino but you were just not latino enough you just didn't make the cut Mm -hmm. you got the skin color you have the features you know you pass but deep down inside you still get called a coconut and this is something that i experienced all my life and so in Spanish, we say, uh, neither here, that or there. Like, not from here, nor from there. Yep. So that's talking about like mm-hmm. our home countries. So we're Mexican, Swiss, Puerto Rican, and how we are, mm-hmm. we are those things, but we're not at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really cool that, um, you know, not, I think that it's awesome that we can experience the best of both worlds because you know i live in a i live in a predominantly um mexican-american area out here so you know i get the best of both worlds as like you know we i'm in the culture i'm living it and i'm seeing it but at the same time too i still have my white friends and my black friends that I go to and you know I still fit in there um but it's just it's an interesting thing when growing up and you're almost you almost feel rejected by your own culture and um for a while I thought I was the only one that experienced that and then I started talking to you guys and I was just like whoa that I'm not the only one and that's awesome so I think what we just kind of wanted to talk about what we agreed on was just um talking about our experiences and what it's like to feel like you're being rejected by your own culture even though you look like it you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and i think for you it might be a little harder because you actually don't speak fluent spanish yeah so, yeah i know, forgot to mention that too yeah i think that's hard because i even catch myself saying that sometimes because we have this saying, like Mexicans have this saying, like, tienen el nopal en su frente, and like, it, that means, like, they have, they have a, damn, how do you say nopal? Like? Cactus. Cactus. They have a cactus on their forehead, and, and that, so they look hella Mexican, but they don't even speak Spanish. So every time, like, we say that, like, tienen nopal en su frente, like, it's like, pretty much dissing them, like, they're, they look Mexican, but they really ain't. So, and it wasn't it wasn't by choice to tell you the truth. Like, um, for me, it wasn't by choice. Like, my mom and dad didn't really think about teaching me Spanish because we they didn't think we needed it to 
like honestly you know growing up that was looked down upon on the older generations that you couldn't speak spanish or else you'd get looked down upon but now like we are living in a generation right now where it is absolutely needed because the latino community is one of the largest growing community fastest growing communities out here in the united states so we need spanish mm-hmm. more than before and for years i wish i wish that i didn't look down on my own culture for years and being felt like i needed to be ashamed of that because other people look down on it and that's i mean that shouldn't have ever i mean that shouldn't have ever happened so now i'm um reaping the consequences of not sitting down and learning spanish and being intentional about learning my own culture and having to wait until being 26 now to do that you know yeah so uh, how many generations um has your family been here in the u.s or in texas uh to tell you the truth like a lot like i you tracing it back i probably so was your ham your family here living in texas before it was the u.s i believe so i want to oh, wow okay. yeah like we are uh, our roots run deep over here well, that's, like that's that's, that's, that's how deep that's, it is wow, um, that's crazy yeah we we have to go generation after generation after generation back to trace back where the last person that lived in mexico even was so yeah okay that's the like I don't think you, I don't think that you should even have to do that, because your your family's indigenous to those lands. Yeah, like 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 I I wouldn't even think of it as mm-hmm. my family has to figure out where somebody came yeah. from in Mexico yep. as we know yep. it today in order to really like trace our roots. No, your roots are right there. The land you're on is is the land it is. Unfortunately, through through um through either connive either you know so somebody sold the land or yeah. or it was taken somehow or however it was that 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 the Americans did it now you have that now you have to think of it in the way that yeah. you currently do but you're indigenous yep. to that land if you if you if, if your people were there before it was yeah. united states land yeah. and you're indigenous um, to it so wow that's dope. Yeah. i mean that's really cool <laughs> to be a part of and i know texas uh, Arizona and those those New Mexico, those states down there, that that is actually a common thing down there. Um, people, uh, yeah, of course, people cross the border over there all the mm-hmm. time, but there's people been, that been there for generations and generations. So they were there before it was U.S. They were so that was Mexico, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they 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 crossed yeah. us. We didn't cross them. They crossed us. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> pretty much. But I think one thing that Ooh, I, yeah, I wanted to ask true. y'all was what was everybody's experience growing up and being around your own culture? Like, did you ever feel like you were rejected by your own people or anything like that? And how did you how did you feel by that? Like, you know, being over here in America, having a more um, I would say like, well, for Jonathan, like, you know, you're straight out of Mexico, but you grew up here in the United States. Yep. Um and all your family and then Josue being Puerto Rican and being here, that's, you know, that's a big thing too. So like, what was y'all's experience growing up? Go ahead, Sway. I'm interested in hearing you, your, your thoughts. Yeah. So, so, um, so being Puerto Rican, we're, we're already United States citizens by birth, um, by, by force. Yeah. Right. So you said Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Puerto Rico would did, did say Yo, we want to be part of the United States. The United States invaded Puerto Rico and forced it 
into being um, into being U.S. citizens in order to to get more people for the war that was happening at that time. But um, but what what my my experience has been that that Puerto Ricans here in the United States are a lot more charitable or a lot more easygoing about the the, the culture than people in Puerto Rico are. So so when I went to Puerto Rico, instantly they thought I had money. So they they they'd be like oh like they would ask me if I had a few dollars to go buy them something, or if I could or, or if I can go with them to go get something to eat. Um, and then when I would speak, yeah. they could be like oh it's the day afuera. Like that that's how they treated me. He's yeah. he's from out there. And like to us, you you sound like straight up Puerto Rican to us. You know, like you have tienes el acento and everything. You know, like if you were to talk, I'd be like, yeah, he's he's Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? And it's crazy mm-hmm. how they they're able to detect yeah. that. You know what I mean? But I guess you know being around yeah. pure Puerto Rico, like not pure. Maybe I didn't say that right. You know, Puerto mm-hmm. Ricans from Puerto Rico, and then having like somebody from the out coming in, yeah, it'd probably be easy to detect. It is. And it's it's, wow. it's the culture. So 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 there's Puerto Rican American culture, right? And then in Puerto Rico in, on the island, is that magnified. So so we love Christmas in, in the United States. Puerto Ricans love Christmas time for all of, of our customs and traditions. But on the island, it's that times so much more that they do on the island. Is so Puerto Ricans, just like yeah. Mexicans and a lot of Latino American countries, are they mostly Roman Catholic, or what would you say? <clears throat> so, so my my family is mostly Roman Catholic. What what has um, happened in a lot of Puerto Rico is that there was an explosion of Pentecostalism in the '50s, '60s, and '70s. Okay. Um, so there, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches. In Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. um, would you say that? Would you say that it's like half and half, or how's That's how's crazy. like the? How would you break that down? Like if it was on a pie chart? <laughs> yeah, so so I, I I would say that probably um, two out of five are Pentecostal, and then the rest are 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 Catholic, and the Pentecostals are heavily influenced by their previous because everyone in Puerto Rico at one point or another wow. was uh, a, a Catholic um, either them or their parents or their grandparents but they're heavily influenced by wow. Catholicism that's yeah. wow okay so were you born in Puerto Rico or yeah. how many generations has your family lived here so I, I was born here my father was born in Puerto Rico my mother was born here Okay. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side um, were, 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 were both born in Puerto Rico, and they came over here in the 50s during the Great Migration from Puerto Rico to um, the United States. Wow. And Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans were considered black until the 70s in, on the census. Damn. Damn, I, I, I didn't even know that, bro. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why, why is that, man? Like... So we, we 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 couldn't mark white because of obvious um, things. Yeah. So, so what was your experience? Um, you know, when we're talking about Nidaquinera, yeah. How was your experience with that? Being second generation and living here, you knowing uh, the U.S. Uh, most of your life, but mm-hmm. also being Puerto Rican by descent. How was that for you? 
man, is 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 a is a hard tension because I want freedom for my people, right? That I'm not. I, I and by people I mean um the island. I want I want it to be separate from United the the from being United States the territory. While at the same time I'm an American and mm. I enjoy the liberties that we have here. Um, I I enjoy talking English, um, but I really can't stand when people say something like um, he's not he's not a real Puerto Rican because he doesn't speak English or oh, Spanish. It's 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 um it's the colonizer's language either way. English yep, is the colonizer language, and so is Spanish. Yeah, you know bro. What I'm saying? I was actually talking to a, a Native American uh, like a couple weeks back, and he was talk- We were talking about the same thing how. Um, you know, just colonizing colonizers, and, and um, how he feels about about them taking their land. You know, just normal conversations that I have. But uh, he was like, he's like, you know what? When I go back to my um, reservation, our language is is becoming like extinct because only the older generation talks in that language any like anymore. And I see you, I see you guys, uh, like he was saying Mexicans. He was like, I see you, you got you Mexicans. Like at least your little kids still speak your native language. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, no, we don't. Like what you're going through is what we went through a long time ago. We got colonized a long right. time ago. So that's not our native, native language. For us, Spanish is what English is to you guys. That's what it is to us. It's, it's a language that was not our language. So I can I can't speak my language. I can speak Spanish, but Spanish is not my language. So yo exactly. so even to that even to that um when people say like I can't believe he's Puerto Rican or I can't believe he's Mexican and, and he doesn't speak Spanish, even that like it defeats itself because that's not our language. Right. You know, if we if we're technical about it. But go ahead, go ahead. I interrupted you. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean that, that, that that's really the, the the tensions that I feel. The, the 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 one tension is that I'm like there's a song, "Yo soy boricua aunque nazca en la luna." Like I'm Puerto Rican, even if I if I'm born on the moon, it doesn't matter where I'm born at. I'm always be a Puerto Rican. Um, there's that tension. That's right. That, that I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not in my motherland, right? And then there's that tension that I'm here in in the United States, and I've been here my whole life, and this is also like my motherland because I've been here my whole life, yep. and I've and I've um and I've enjoyed the freedoms, and I've enjoyed the the people that I've met, um the the traditions, the American traditions that have been made here, I love them too. So that's how that's how I wouldn't I would um. That's how I would say the the niakina ya type mm. of situation is with me. Damn, that's cool. That's cool. Well, like I said in the last podcast, um, you know, I'm still first generation technically. Um, I am like 1.5 because I'm closer maybe to the second generation because I was brought so young. So my mom, my mom crossed the we crossed the border when I was three years old. So I, I've been here since I was three. I'm 26. So, I was born in Mexico. I'm a I'm a Mexican citizen there. I could vote and I could do all those things. But I was raised here. So I don't speak perfect Spanish. Si hablo español, pero it's choppy, you know what I mean? 
it's choppy and like like Sway said, I like the people that are from Mexico, like they always kind of look down on me or or they'll just be like, yeah, like it is pocho or you know, like it, it is, like you're 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 not really Mexican <laughs> because yeah, your language and and yeah, you've been here all your life. You're pretty much American, you know. So technically, um, I'm Mexican by birth and everything, but culturally, yeah, I'm. You're American. I'm from the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the United States. So um, the tension for me is, is, I guess it's almost the same as Sway was saying, you know, being super, super proud of where you're from and who you are, but also appreciating the liberties we have. Um, I know, you know, Mexican government and Mexican, like, the way of life is so, so different. Um, we're from the city. We're from El Defe. And even there, it is, it is like, it's, we're not from a rancho, you know, we, we don't, we're not next to like cows and we don't wear cowboy hats like they picture most Mexicans, but, you know, it's, it's a different kind of struggle over there. It's not like Los Angeles. It's not like even here in Reno, it's different. Um, and, and yeah, like, yeah, you know. I don't know. I, I even get that. And I speak Spanish. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to say. I even get yeah. looked down and and people are like, yeah, you, you can never really be fully Mexican because, yeah, you're too Americanized. You know what I mean? But I feel like that's a straw man culture because just because I can't speak certain perfect Spanish or uh, I'm not super Mexican, that doesn't mean you get to throw away my whole culture. And yeah. um yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, that just means <laughs> that I don't know enough about my culture, maybe. I don't know mm. what it may be, but um, at the end of the day, I'm still Mexican. Yeah, and you yeah. also can't tell me that I don't deserve to be Mexican because God made me Mexican, and this is how I was born. Yep, boop, boop. God <laughs> definitely didn't make a mistake when he knit me in my mother's womb exactly. and he intentionally wanted me to be Mexican. Yep. And at the yep. end of the day, exactly. you can't take that away from me. It doesn't matter if I can speak perfect Spanish or not. And along with that, no one can tell you that you can't be Mexican or you don't deserve to be Mexican or Puerto Rican just because you don't do A, B, and C like your ancestor did or the people from the island yep. or people from Mexico and then, do. And then... Uh, and and then on the opposite side, you have like the like uh, people over here in the U.S. that just lump us all together, <laughs> and so we're the same for them too. Like, like uh, and then we're not apart from them either. So I think that's the tension also. So I'm super super proud of Mexican, and the, the like I know Aztec history, right? I know a lot of Aztec history. Aztec culture traditions and and I'm proud of all that but I don't know like Mexican after like the Spaniards came and colonized us and and then I don't really know much of the history after that I only know like our ancient ancestors but I know like US history I know about George Washington and, and everybody else you better know See, about and, I'm, him. and I'm part of that too in a way but then I look back at pictures or like, you know, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not me either. You know, I mean, it's not. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of resent American history, honestly. 
um people who people who know me personally they they know how like how i feel about american history um it is it's whitewashed i mean i yeah it's whitewashed it's it's um revisionist it's it's not telling the whole story at all um they never have american history has never been something that that um that's been a fairer thing but i definitely work hard to teach my son and to teach anybody who talks about it with me about what american what real honest american history is oh yeah not innocent american yeah, history because the history that we learn in school is innocent history but the the history that is that that is real is honest history and we have to teach as people especially as people of color honest history when people try to say anything to the contrary when people say you know you you've had all these freedoms no 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 we ain't have them for that long and even today we still don't have the same type of freedoms that a lot of people have we yeah don't. yeah so soy you actually remind me of my dad growing up from the way that you have been trying to teach your sons about your history um my dad tried to do that with me too i remember whenever i was like five or six and my dad would take out books from the library and would teach me about my own culture and try to teach me about who caesar travis was and who um like important mexican-american leaders were that fought for um our rights to be here um and I just kind of blew it off like it was nothing after a while. Um, not that I didn't appreciate it, but it's just, I I guess I grew up thinking that other cultures were more cool or more relevant um, besides my own. But now here I am at 26, 27 years old, and I'm having to teach myself um, about my own culture. And that's definitely not what I want to do to my kids. I want to teach them when they're young. Um, about who they are so that way they're not falling into the trap of oh other cultures are better than mine or um, or even that this doesn't matter because I think that I grew up with um, mm -hmm. the thought of well this doesn't matter anyway so it's never going to apply to me and lo and behold I mean it does it, it really does help to know who you are and what your culture is so um but yeah, like you, you just remind me a lot of yeah. my dad. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect, like maybe not segue, but to, uh, a way to introduce how Christianity affects this to us also, how, how this actually comes in between our ethnicities and also our U.S. history, I guess, or maybe Christian history or Western Christian history. I don't know how to phrase it, uh, but I was hearing this podcast the other day and it was talking about, oh no, I was hearing este, como se llama? Um, that, that, uh, that Mexican American homeboy that, that wrote that church history book. That's kind of famous. The, the Mexican guy that. Uh, Justo, Justo Gonzalez. Justo. Justo. Right. Justo Gonzalez. Yeah, Justo Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to him, okay? La like two weeks ago or last week. I don't remember when it was. But he was talking about how Protestantism 
because he was like, you know, nobody when when he was writing the church history book, he was saying, yes, they were all talking about the Reformation and they were all talking about all these great things and they were great things, but nobody in kind of history before him talked about the Christian history in the Latino countries. He's like, I'm the first one that's like kind of uh, researching and like trying to expose people to like the Christian history in our countries. And he said, a lot of people don't know that the same time that Martin Luther was posting his 95 theses, the same time that John Calvin was out there writing his institutes, the same time that these, that Luther, Zwingli, all these reformers were doing these great things, our people at the same time on the other side of the world were getting colonized, were getting killed, were getting um, forced this religion. So this you know, Roman Catholics were, were doing a whole bunch of evil in our countries at the same time that that mm -hmm. was happening. So they were, they were, you know, the same time, same time when Martin Luther was doing that, you know? That's right. That's right. So a lot of folks don't know that. So, you know, I guess we could talk about that, Lauren, you about, uh, when we became Christian, yeah. you, you could, you could go okay. ahead. So my views on my own culture. So before I became a true follower of Christ, I actually looked down on my culture. I um, I didn't want to be associated with my culture. I didn't want anything to do with it. And I would even use derogatory terms, um, like the W word, and I don't want to say it because I know it's going to be offensive wow. to some people. But um, yeah, I would use that around like some of my friends and some of my family, and they would just let really? me do like um, but now, like, by God's grace, I'm convicted of that, and um, I don't want to do that um, to my own culture, because that's, I mean, that's degrading, and at the end of the day, those people, I mean, our people are still image bearers, like, people are still image bearers at the end of the day, and um, we can't just look down on them, we can't um, <laughs> be like, oh, you're from here? Well, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, no, that's that's not how Jesus worked. Um, so why do I have any right to treat anybody like that, much less my own culture um, and my people, you know? But yeah, so I was also around, like, other people and other friends that would make the same jokes that I would as far as, like, making fun of Mexicans and... Um, doing that and just people would let me and now that I look back on it I'm just like dang like I'm kind of not kind of I am ashamed of what I would say then yeah. after I became a Christian yeah. almost what was it going on five years ago now six years ago um ever since that happened I had more of appreciation over the years for my own culture and wanting to learn more yep. about it and loving it and yep. um, learning to love and celebrate who God made me and where he put me and that's one of the biggest things that he he changed in me and now I'm a little bit more sensitive to like race jokes and racial slurs and and things like that I don't use that anymore because I mean God created something new in me and I don't <laughs> want to go against that or you know um yeah so I yeah that's just what happened after I became a Christian I I uh, really grew to love my own culture and wow. um 
wanting to learn more about it now. But you know, just because after I became a Christian, that doesn't mean like my old self doesn't pop up sometimes or like mo not even my old self, but my flesh pops up once in a while and I'm, you know, wanting to be like, well, you know, that W word or whatever. And now I'm, I sit back and I'm like, hold up, Lauren. No, there, uh, you cannot be thinking of anybody like that. Um, so yeah. But in all that, I think Christ did shine a light on um, my own prejudice and what I need to die to every single day. So, and it's not just only like the sins that I commit in like secret or anything like that. It's just like, hey, you got ugliness inside of you that you do need to kill. And yep. um, part of that, you know, part of that is not looking down on people and treating everybody with kindness and love and understanding not with um not with hate not with um intolerance to anybody but um with complete love because that's what christ yeah. showed us yeah absolutely what about you Zway? yeah so so um with me how i processed all that within my my own life was that um I came, so, so being Puerto Rican is a little difficult because we assimilate so well. We assimilate well to to um, to white culture and we assimilate well to African-American culture. Easy, right? Um, so, and when, when I be... That's interesting. What, why, well, I mean, you're going you're gonna to explain right now, but what, why is that? How is that? So, um... So we, we we come in all shades. Like Puerto Ricans, literally come in every shade. Like like my grandma was white yeah. with red hair. My grandpa was a little darker than me, and then my my wife, for example, she's she's um uh, about a little darker than Lauren, but my son is lighter. It's about your complexion, um, Jonathan. My younger brother, right, is white. Um, my sister is bien wow. you feel me like we're we are literally of all colors um so when we come here mm. or when we're here or when we're in school right depending on which way we feel like who, who we hang out with we can we can assimilate right into that culture really like a chameleon wow so 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 um so when I first became a Christian, I went to a church who had a Puerto Rican pastor, but we were very diverse. That's the first church that I can honestly say had a very diverse um, attendance. Um, but the style of church was that of African-American. It was an African-American style church. Um, there was, there was, was, like, uh, was this the like Pentecostal church that you? Yes. Was this? Okay. Yep. Because we talk, we've talked about this before. Yeah, and then um, so so then, when I when when I started going to the the church where I'm at, where 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 we got planted from now, um, that it was more white people. So I assimilated to there. So I, I went from wearing, um, skinny jeans or or baggy jeans or sneakers and white tees to wearing, um, Wranglers, and. And uh, yeah, Wranglers from 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 Walmart. <laughs> really, Wranglers. Yeah, um, Wranglers and Wrangler and um, and flannel shirts. 
I I let my hair grow so I can slick it over to the side like a hipster. I grew out my beard and kept it real nice, like 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 I, like the hipsters wow. do. I was real Jeff Durbin with it, right? And um, and I was I was there, bro. And um, it's almost wow. like I completely forgot my culture because I was all inundated, and in, and it's easy because it's easy to do because you know you're there, you you you. you you want to be accepted and you subconsciously, yeah, yeah. you know, start to, yeah, I get that. To, to, to go that route. Right now, I'm just trying to imagine you in Wrangler, Wranglers and a flannel <laughs> shirt, and I, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> For real, I can't even imagine that. That's crazy. I'll, I'll send y'all a picture. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. Cowboy Habaguchi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send us a picture so that way we can roast you later and use that to our advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, we can we can roast you. We can put it on our IG and say, yeah. "Do you guys recognize this guy?" <laughs> so it's just like, is this a hipster? So, is this a Puerto Rican lumberjack? Exactly. I don't know. We gotta find out. <laughs> or just a python. Like you know, cause like like there's up in like northern Mexico, like you know, cowboys is a real thing. You know, yeah, I yeah, mean, I know. like they actually wear regulars. Like they're brown skin, Wranglers, flannel shirt, and like Tejana, straight up. Yeah, Boots, you tend to everything. see a lot of that here, like with the Wranglers and the nice cowboy uh, shirt and the really yep. pointed boots that kind yep. of curl up a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, that's just how the Mexicans out here dress. Um, but I remember whenever I was younger that they would have like the matching belt to go yeah. with like their bedazzled boots. And it's funny to think about it now. It's calmed down a lot a hell of a lot yeah so my experience with this coming in the church well like i said earlier um in the first episode i was raised in the church so that church was latino straight up spanish-speaking latino pentecostal church and um so you know we had puerto ricans salvadoreños guatemaltecos um mexicans freaking the nicaragua like everywhere you know so there was a lot of diversity there because there were so many different Latin American countries represented in that church. So there was diversity there. Um, and then when I started going back to church, I went to Victory Outreach, which was like a non-denominational, very, very charismatic church. And that church was diverse as well. Um, but that was so, uh, so it was an English speaking congregation and they were diverse. They had black people, Samoan people, white people, Mexican people, like Chicanos, like, you know, uh, they had all kinds of people there. Uh, so that denomination was very, very diverse. So I didn't struggle with my identity at either of those places because my identity was represented there and I felt at home. Where I did kind of struggle with when I did grow up and like I told you guys, I was like a little cholo. So, you know, I would walk into church in my mom's church with like Ben Davis and like a Cowboys jersey and some Cortezes and people would look at me funny. Uh, so there were, you know, there was those kinds of, uh, of looks, but, uh, you know, that did like piss me off because people would like, um, take away their purses like right in front of me like if i was sitting next to them so yeah anyways um but also 
like Sway, similar to Sway's story, I think when I started, when I left that church, um, when I started attending my current church or or like on or on my way to my current church, I did maybe, I don't know if it's despise, but maybe subconsciously despise my own culture. Yeah. I think I did the same thing. I think, I mean, I can't, I can't uh, grow out a beard, but if I could, I would have probably done the same thing. So I was talking about, you know what I mean? Um, I did start wearing different clothes and buying different uh, brands. I'm not going to advertise those brands, but yeah, I was, um, I was, you know, dressing different for sure. And it, it is more white. <laughs> I could say that. And I don't know why I did it, really. I guess it's because of maybe I wanted people to accept me. I guess that's what it is, right? I mean, I don't know what it, what else it could be. I think one example that I could think of was, like, back in the day, yeah. back in, like, 2007 when baby fat was, like, really popular between everybody. Um, like, black culture, Mexican culture, like, yeah. But, yeah, it was, like, almost shameful to wear that stuff in church, but, like... The moment that you wear American Eagle and you start dressing like the other white people did that we would see, then, you know, everything was okay. But, I mean, I'm also guilty of that back in high school, too, where I would just try to dress in nothing but American Eagle and, like, Air Apostle and stuff like that. And trying to be just like the white people that I would see in um, in church, thinking that I was going to be accepted... Uh, knowing dang well that I could barely fit those clothes because <laughs> I am Mexican and we like to eat. And <laughs> um, and just not Hell only yeah. that, like, I'm, you know, not that we ate, like, a ton of Mexican food and uh, did a ton of that, but, like, you know, like, when you're, when you're of a different culture and you have, like, curves and, like, you can't fit the same thing that, like, other yeah. people can, you know? Um, but... I guess I was just trying so hard to fit in that, um, yeah, like, I just, I didn't realize, like, what I was doing, I guess, at the time. Um, I guess I was just associating clothes with Christianity, like, the outside with Christianity, you know? And I think, like, and just, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to put a disclaimer out there, because um, I know that that, that um, some of us have white brothers and sisters that are listening. Um, yeah, we when do, we, we when do. we say when, when we're talking about this stuff, we're not saying that any of it is wrong, bad, or anything like that. But that um, from from our from our vantage point in in life experience, um, we we were trying to fit the mold that white people set in order to be accepted by white people. That's all yeah. we're saying. We're not saying it's good, bad, or anything. Keep dressing how you're dressing. Uh, we love you, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, we're, we're just talking through this this thing. That's all. Yeah, that's good. I think. Yeah, <laughs> just letting it be known. I still shop at Old Navy. <laughs> I still shop at Old Navy, <laughs> and I still shop at all those places too. So don't but it doesn't make a difference. That, yeah, I don't usually look like Lauren. a 35 year old soccer mom daily. But yeah, like what Sway was saying, um, we're yeah. definitely not saying that it's bad to shop at those places as a minority. Um, it's not like a bad thing. It's just, you know, that's just what we were doing when we were trying to adjust and trying to see where we fit in, you know? And 
I think I saw the change after I think a year or maybe a little bit after I started like um, attending my church or maybe even when I started attending my church. I really don't know when it happened, but I realized like that I was dressing different and like, like, and I'm, and I'm like, well, on the one hand, I'm not going to dress like a cholo because I'm not that person anymore. But, and then on the other hand, I'm, I'm not going to dress like this because it is not me. So I'll, I was like, but you know, I'm like, I'm Mexican. Like I should just wear what I'd normally like want to wear, you know? So I started doing that. I started doing that. And then I think what even hit, what hit, what made me be more firm on, on not, not, uh, how do you say it? Not throwing away the baby with the bathwater, like throwing away my culture was when this whole social justice uh, conversation started happening. I kind of solidified like, no, this is who I am. And, you know, there is, there is a divide. Like even our like white brothers see the divide. If you read um, John MacArthur's whatever social justice statement, you could, you know, it says that there's a divide. (laughs) It, and and wow. it, it, it's a lot of people think it's John MacArthur's. It's not his. He just he's the biggest name that endorsed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, when this whole social justice conversation started going, like I think that's when everybody, you know, I think that's when we I woke up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, there there's something going on. Like I don't know. It's kind of like I was blind for so long, and now like you know. I don't know. It was just this thing. You can't unsee it. Yeah, and now how could you unsee it? But uh, yeah, we could we could talk about that later. Um, now that you're older and you've walked with Christ a little bit more yeah. and you're a little bit more mature, do you feel like you fit in better with your people now that you're a little bit more confident in who you are, or do you still feel like you have to fit into other cultures that are not your own or, um? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yes, I could say absolutely, absolutely now. I think now that I'm more mature, like in age and also mature spiritually, I could say, yeah, I'm I'm very, very comfortable in all places, I think. I'm very comfortable even like, you know, at church. And I'm very, very comfortable with like, you know, like my homies. Like um, I'm very, very comfortable with other cultures. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm good. I think, you know, when I was younger, also, I had like a, a little bit of what Lauren was talking about that we kind of looked down on people who just spoke Spanish or, or to me, when they would listen to corridos or, or like ranchera, like I, I, it's not that I couldn't stand it, but I didn't like it. But now that I'm older, I am like, why was I so like hard on this? These like, this is tight. You know what I mean? But that, that came, yeah, like that came out when I was like older though, you know, but I mean, I think being a Christian has, has really, you know, cause I was pretty racist. I, th- I think, yeah, we, I mean, we were, I, that's what it is. Just say what it is. We were racist, you know, we were racist like Cholos. We, we, brown pride. yeah, brown pride. And we meant that like excluding, excluding all other you know, it was really like our race is the mm-hmm. superior race. And 
yeah, and we kind of, yeah, said that, you know what I mean? And now being a Christian, you actually can be with our black brothers, our white brothers, and, and not feel so weird. But, you know, I mean, we still feel weird, yeah. I guess. Sometimes. I feel like now that, that I'm, I'm at this place, I'm... Um... Now I'm at a place where I can, I enjoy thoroughly my culture, um, thoroughly. Whenever I can shout it out, I will. Yep. Um, but I'm also at a place where I can point people who don't know my culture to where they can learn about my culture. I'm not going to spoon feed people my culture, but I am going to um, point them in the right directions. To where they can find out more information yep. like yep. come hang out with me at a quinceanera come come to a barbecue and see how we roll but uh -huh. i'm not going to be like yo this is what we do this is these are our jokes i'm not going to spoon feed information to people yeah 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 and and i also like don't get offended as much either when people like have genuine questions mm -hmm. or like they'll be like happy cinco de mayo you know, like that used to make me mad, but um, I'm kind of more open to like, okay, let me let me explain mm -hmm. to you a little bit. You know, yeah, you know, it's it's not that like, like what did you just say? That's me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm more I'm more chill. I think on that now. So I mean, I guess for me now that i'm a little bit older and I'm a little bit more confident in who I am as a person and. Um, all of that i don't feel like i left out whenever i go to like an all latino place or um like i go to like the mexican stores or i go to a cookout or anything like that you know with mexicans i don't i don't feel so left out anymore um maybe because i know who i am in christ or maybe because like i got over that hump but yeah like for me i just don't feel that anymore and what I've noticed is that like older people now and <laughs> that I kind of hang around and all of that are a little bit more understanding that I don't know Spanish, but at least I'm trying, you know? But yeah, I don't feel left out anymore. But all that to say too is, um, you know, no ma <laughs> I guess um, no matter what, like even though I am comfortable around my own culture, I will always feel more comfortable around black people and i mean i guess maybe that's just because like my best friends have been black um growing up all my life and i've just been kind of around that um you know i just i feel like i relate, I relate. more to them than i do my own culture sometimes but yeah and the funny thing is i did have mexican friends but you know it wasn't very much yeah yeah so um it's just one of those things that i just didn't choose that you know i didn't uh i wasn't I didn't just wake up one day and I was just like, I'm just gonna hang out with black people or I'm just gonna hang around a different culture um, because I can't stand my own. And, um, <laughs> you know, but like growing up whenever I was younger, yes, I couldn't stand my own culture. Um, but like at the same time, I weirdly wanted to be a part of it too, even though I couldn't stand it. Um, it was just kind of weird. But I mean, like, I kind of just didn't have a choice cause like Mexican kids didn't want to be around me. Um, so, you know, I just yeah. went, gravitated towards the only like few black kids in my school and made friends with them. That's, that's awesome. I think, um, and that happens a lot, you know, I think that happens a lot too. I, I, you know, that 
with all races, I guess. We had like white boy homies, you know. We had we had Filipino homies, like even even from my neighborhood. And uh, we had people who grew up with us, went to school with us that were from a different culture, but identified with us a lot. Um, so I feel that. I feel that. For me, it was a little different because, like I said, it was, you know, I think on the West, it's, it depends where you go, but we're very, very segregated. My high school was very, very segregated. We were really, really racist. You know, we seen some dude with swastika. We, like, hit him up and freaking try to get down with him. Like, we didn't like black people. Like, it was, that was just it. You know what I mean? It was, and then that's how it was. You know, but by the grace of God, you know, he changed all that. But with all that said, um, if I do marry that, I do have a Latino man and he can teach them about our history or, you know, if say he isn't Mexican and he's like Puerto Rican or if he's Dominican or whatever, but um, that he would take the initiative to be like, hey, this is your culture. You should learn about it. And um, you should get to know it because, I mean, this is a part of you that, um, you know, you don't want to forget. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's extremely important. You know, I think it's good for the next generation to know who they are and, um, you know, where they stand. And I think that that's a perfect segue and it can lead us to a new segment that we're going to introduce, Theology for Your Back Pocket. This segment is just like a quick little rundown, a quick um, little theological lesson that you could take home uh, and apply it to your day-to-day life. So, um we tried to introduce this segment last week, but uh, we're going to introduce it now. So, Sway, take it away, bro. Yeah, man. So, so since, since the, most of our talk um, was about being ni de aquí ni allá, right, um, we can take comfort in what's going to happen when Christ returns or when we go to be with Christ, whichever comes first. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm caught and I'm entrapped and I'm just focusing on Revelation 7, 9, um, <clears throat> which is a, a really cool end time passage. And I'm going to try not to cry because I always cry when I read this. Um, so it's, it says, um, okay. after this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Verse 10 says, and they cried out with, in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on wow. the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, it's verse 11, and along with the elders and the four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So so this all this talk that we're doing, about um, wow. being ni de aquí ni allá. When we're Christians, our 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 focal point is understanding que somos de aquí, but there's going to come a time when we're going to be allá forever. Wow, that was good. 
and that's our hope. Yep. Um, so and while we're living in that time dang, of being we can hope that God's going to get us allá in his rest for eternity. Yep. Yep. And I love that text. I love that text because it shows that, you know, um, identity and race and th th those things were pointed out specifically, mm -hmm. you know, so we don't lose that. But at the same time, it's much what unites us together is Christ and where we get our full validation from is Christ, where we're our identity is, is Christ. It isn't simply because, you know, I'm Mexican because like we've, we've heard, well, I'm Puerto Rican because like we've heard in this podcast that breaks down really quick, right? Because, you know, people will say we're not, or people say we're too less or too much. Uh, so, so, but what we know for sure is that I am Christ and he is mine mm -hmm. and we belong to him. And when, when God, the father looks at us, he doesn't see this little Mexican boy with all his sins, but he sees his son and he sees perfect righteousness and he sees mm -hmm. his son, Jesus. And that's the only reason why I'm loved. So, yeah, yeah. I think one piece of advice that we can give to people who feel like they are struggling to know who they are in their culture or, um, that are feeling even rejected by their own culture is that we can just look to Christ and be validated in who we are in him and um, feel like we belong. Um, but that's like one piece of advice that I would give to people that are um, struggling right now with that. We just have to remember that um, we need to believe Christ when he tells us who we yep. he says we are which is redeemed and loved and adopted and wanted um not rejected and there's so many things that yep. christ has promised us um and it's not because of our culture or anything like that it's something that we could do but it's because he loves us and i just really liked what say sway yep. had to yeah. say right. was um the part when he just said one day we're all going to be one in Christ. We're not going to be yep. um, different cultures or anything like that. We're just all going to be one and we're going to be able to see that day. <laughs> but yeah, that got heavy really quick. Yeah, that, that, was, that was deep. I think when you started that reading scripture, really that got real right there. Damn, I felt something. My, my, my my bones like my, i got goosebumps bro i just i literally felt like i was melting because you know you just think about the goodness of god and yeah, um, how much he loves absolutely. you and how much he just he just loves us and it's just like yep. you feel yep. so comforted by that and that was perfect so that's why christianity is not the white man's religion it's not the black man's religion it's not the brown man's religion it's a religion for all people all colors all shades all sizes and that is beautiful so man that was the perfect way to introduce this segment theology for your back pocket so take, take it home take it to the bank and yeah this is what we're all about so thank you everybody for listening so much for tuning in to another episode of for christ y cultura uh, thank you. Keep subscribing, like us on Facebook, and leave us a voicemail. I haven't got any voicemails from anybody, so 
If you want to leave a voicemail, you could be on this podcast. Don't you want to be on this podcast? Yes, you do. So call the number. It's yes. 775-391-0704. Again, it's 775-391-0704. And you might be on this podcast. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so yeah y'all make sure to stay tuned for next week and um be on the lookout for our next episode we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into this episode um we're gonna just gonna be talking about like just traditions and other things like that we're just gonna dive so much deeper into this subject of when you're latino but you're not latino enough um so I'm really excited about next week and what we're going to be talking about. So just uh, be on the lookout. And um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> Peace. Say bye, Grinch. <laughs> you got up. Bye, you guys. Yes. He's out. Pray, pray for the homie. Pray for him. Pray that he keeps coming to church. All right. Thank you. Dios es fuerte, él te rompe las cadenas Conté pa' él que yo no quiero que te pierdas El tiempo se acerca, él toca la puerta Yo corro la voz en la calle El infierno está lleno de muchos raperos Y gente con malos mensajes Ya sabes, diciendo papeles en fuego Función de su trono, yo le debo todo Te dije, son más que rapero Me dicen que puedo pegar hablando falso